We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my good friends. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to connect with us here on Empower Radio. I don't know about you, but for many years, I wanted all of my relationships to be kind and loving. And beneath that desire, what I really wanted was for everyone to like me. I went out of my way to make sure no one was ever mad at me. And I turned myself inside out to be who and what anyone and everyone wanted me to be. It wasn't until I was desperately ill with multiple health challenges, including chronic fatigue and a terribly suppressed immune system, that I realized something was really wrong. Then one of my teachers said to me, Tammy, your biggest problem is that you want everyone to like you. I thought to myself, yes. Why, yes, I do. Is that bad? She told me that it was actually a toxic desire and not really any of my business if other people liked me or not. I was confused by that statement, but today I get it. I'm happy to report that I have surrendered the toxic desire to have everyone like me, and I no longer have an attachment to what people think. In other words, I'm a recovered people pleaser. And as a bonus, my vibrant health is back. It's been a long journey, but I no longer fear being disliked or being in trouble. And wow, has this been liberating. My guest today can relate because she is a people pleaser in recovery as well. I'm so happy to have one of my teachers, healers, and one of my very best friends on Journey to Center here today, Rosemary Snaringer. In addition to being a channel and an intuitive, Rosemary is known as the book nurturer. She is a writer, copywriter, ghostwriter, and editor. Rosemary helps people find their voices and assist them in birthing their memoirs and personal stories, as well as their business and self-help books in a way that they connect honestly and emotionally with their audience and share their information in a way that is truly uplifting, supportive, and empowering. So, Rosemary, thank you so much for being with me here today. Thank you, Tammy. Thanks for inviting me. I've been here before, but I haven't been here in a while, and some of your audience may remember me on some of the old calls. I'm especially excited to be here today because this is such a huge, huge topic, and I think it, it's affected you and I both, not just wanting everybody to like us, but I, I think it's, it can cause kind of a love addiction because um, I think if you grow up and, like you were saying, you're in trouble or you're not enough, or you're always being criticized, or you could do better at that, or this, or your grades, or or um, your sports. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. And I and I think a lot of times girls will say, "Well, I'm going to find somebody to love me," and then that love person is going to be the boyfriend. And you know, n- not only does it become a disappointment, but that's when it because if you don't love yourself enough, of course, they can't fill, nobody can fill in those blanks except for you. And Mm -hmm. that's when it becomes super, super painful. So I think Mm -hmm. that this, this topic is, you know, wanting everybody to like you is one thing. And then when it goes into, all right, I'm looking for that love that's going to fill me up and that's 
a human person, then it just takes a whole other twisted, painful direction. It's true, you know, and you bring up a good point. It's like, and, and often we don't even know this is happening until our lives are really unworkable, we're really sick, our relationships are shattered. We we don't even know that we're doing anything wrong because it's just often an innate habit and an ingrained way of being to make others more important than ourselves. Because, you know, again, as you'd mentioned, our parents are like our higher powers. So as children, it's like we we strive to please our parents because on some level we know without them, you know, we will die. So it seems people either have a propensity of going into um, being a people pleaser like you and I did, or some people go the opposite direction and become more of a rebel, which I think can actually be healthier. Um, I don't think we necessarily have a conscious choice. It seems like we're hardwired, <laughs> you know, and we have a propensity to go one way or another. And I do think you bring up a good point. Women tend to go more the direction of being a people pleaser and um, striving for acceptance outside of ourselves. So it's not really on our radar to make ourselves a priority again until things just really aren't working. Yes, absolutely. And and one of the things that really, really helps is after a while, you begin to recognize if somebody doesn't like you, what they don't like about you is, is, you know, is what they see in themselves that they don't like. So really what your teacher said, it really is none of your business because it really is their problem. And once you can start to see it, see it that way, it, it can change everything. Yeah, it's so true. And it was hard, so hard for me to understand at the time. But a lot of times, you know, the people that didn't like me, it was their projections. And there was nothing I was going to be able to do about that. But I would find myself still contorting to try to change their opinion of me. And wow, that was exhausting. It's never going to happen. It's just, it's, you're just kind of blowing in the wind there. And it's this aggravation that goes on and on and on, and you're never going to win, ever. You're never going to win. And something I think is so true, it's like we attract what we believe about ourselves. You know, I write about this in my book, Manifesting Love from the Inside Out. I have a, a, a theory, if you will, the third, third, third theory. A third of the people in the world are going to hate you, a third are going to be indifferent, and a third are going to love you. So if you don't really like yourself, you're going to probably be jumping through hoops for crumbs. If you hate yourself, you're going to find yourself in abusive relationships. And if you love yourself, you're just easily going to attract and be attracted to people who treat you with respect. So I was one of the people that kind of was on that borderline between hating myself and not liking myself. So I found myself in abusive relationships, not physically abusive, but emotionally abusive. And I found myself really contorting myself to get the approval and love of others. It was a bad habit. But when I got well, you know, if no matter what I do, certain people aren't going to like me, I might as well just be who I am, find my authentic shape. So I connect naturally with the people who fit well with me. And that was such a novel concept. So that was when I started making my relationship with myself my priority. And it's fascinating. Now it's like when somebody doesn't like me or doesn't treat me well, that is so strange to me because if you knew me, you would like me. <laughs> <laughs> of course. You know, so it's just, it's just funny. I don't spend any time or energy on the people that don't treat me well. It's just not where I want to play. And if they don't like me, I figure it has nothing to do with me. 
I don't take it personally anymore. Right. It's not something, probably something you wouldn't want to pursue. And, you know, let's play in our own little sandbox with the people we want to play with. Exactly. Something else I found that was interesting when I started reading about people pleasers, I thought this was so fascinating. I kind of took offense to it and again, didn't really buy into it wholeheartedly, but I do now. People pleasers are actually liars. Don't you think that's interesting? Wow. Explain that, please. So it's sort of like a people pleaser. They say and do what others want them to say and do, but it's not necessarily their truth. So in essence, Mm -hmm. they're a liar. They're lying. They're not telling the truth about what they think and feel because they're saying what others want them to say. So it was like, that is actually true. When, you know, somebody would call and say, Tammy, you want to do lunch? Oh, yeah. Uh, sh- yeah, sure. Where the truth was, you know what? I really don't. I'm exhausted. I'm overwhelmed. My plate is full. Really can't do it. Would love to connect. Can't do it this week. That would be the more honest response in many situations for me. So um, I try, you know, where in the past it's like I, I wanted to be really nice and kind and loving. But what I found I appreciate from others and now appreciate more within myself is just to be honest, clear, and direct. And it doesn't mean you have to do it in a way that's not kind or respectful. I'm just not um, as much of a bunny rabbit as I used to be. I'm still a bunny rabbit, but I'm not like, you know, that totally squishy, malleable kind of energy anymore. It's like I've got uh, a bit more backbone, if you will. Right. And and if you do something like that and say, sure, I can, and you start to resent it and lots yes. of times it doesn't go well. And, you know, as, as the hours stick by and the day comes and you're getting ready for it and you're thinking, I have three other things I could be doing. And you, know, you just kind of get angrier and angrier. And it's, it, the whole thing is not a pleasant experience and it doesn't really help you and it doesn't really help them. You bring up such a valid point. That's another thing that I've talked about a lot. If you're a people pleaser, not at the top of your list to take care of, then what you end up doing is you start giving from deficit. And it's sort of like if you give from a well that, you know, the water line's going lower and lower and lower and lower. And finally, you're giving from the bottom of the well. And that's not the pure, pristine crystal water. It's sludge. And then so you're really overextending yourself. And the other people really aren't that happy with you. And you don't feel good. And it's like, I'm giving everything I've got, and they're still not grateful. And it's just a really unpleasant place to be for everyone. Yes, absolutely. Um, I guess when you talk about, when you talk about deficit, what, what are some ways that you found to fill yourself back up again? That's a really good question. That's a really good question. I'm going to turn that around on you, but I'm going to contemplate it for a second. Um, You know what? One of the really important things have been, Rosemary, because I've struggled so much with chronic fatigue, and I can see why now, is just letting myself sleep with no judgment. Letting myself just relax, check out. And it seems I'm wired in such a way um, that I need a lot of personal time like personal space to just be quiet and to read and to sleep, to write and to paint. And it's something that I used to kind of judge, like I'm lazy. I need to be out there. I need to be working harder, which now I recognize is uh, the voice of my stepfather, who was just a workaholic. And he, he drove himself to the ground. He actually died at 48 with cancer. So um, oh, that's pretty young. really young, isn't it? Uh, that's crazy. So I just, 
I just, um, you know, and I think so many of us do this, we take on the voice of our parents. And then as we get older, that voice becomes louder and even maybe meaner than we remember as children. But to be able to just allow myself to relax and to sleep without judgment. And that has been um, a very interesting and very helpful exercise. And now um, I find myself replenished and then I can go out and really give from that full well, from that place of just overflowing, you know, of, of, of positive energy and kindness. And I can start to discern now when I'm starting, the water level is getting a little lower and it's like, oops, need to, um, go back inward and take care of myself. And, and again, that can look like just sleeping, uh, allowing myself space, reading, being creative and eating well and working out. And those are all the things that I do to, to take care of myself and, and put myself at the top of the, um, love list, if you will. So what about you, Rosemary? Wow. What do you do to nurture and take care of yourself? Because you're, you're a recovered people pleaser too. I am. And you know, what's really funny because the first things that you said really hit a nerve with me. I had a reading maybe a year ago and the person kind of said, you need a lot of sleep. You're a, you're a person who needs a lot of sleep. And I took that as permission to sleep. I remember this. Means, you said, I'm just going to let myself sleep. I'm not going to set my alarm. I'm going to sleep until I'm like, I do that every day. So you're like, that was a big deal for you. <laughs> well, you know what it was? I, I do let myself sleep, but, but I have that, you know, I should get up earlier, you know, everybody else is on the road going to their jobs and they're on their fourth cup of coffee and I'm just getting up and blah, 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 blah. And um, I guess, I guess when I, I moved away for three months, I was so exhausted. I slept 10 hour mm-hmm. nights, 12 hour nights. I was for about a month. I just slept and slept and slept. And I realized that my nervous system was so shot. Mm-hmm. It really needed that repair. It really needed that calm. Mm-hmm. And um, now I, I do give my, the other night I slept um, really well. And for a long time and I went on a huge, huge hike, really steep hike, five-mile hike with a group, and it was wonderful. And then the second night after that, I really needed to sleep. And then today I got up earlier. And so it's not like every day I'm I'm sleeping a long time. It's just sometimes I might need more time than others. And I, I really am becoming aware of when my nervous system gets mm-hmm. tweaked. Yeah, that so, discernment so, of honoring yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if I head out to do something and it's 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock, I say, well, I better have my shake before I go out because I'm going to get out there and in about an hour I'm going to get really hungry. And right. then all my perceptions are off. So just taking care of myself in little ways like that. Mm-hmm. And like you say, having your quiet time, sometimes it's so great to be alone. Sometimes. I just want to read a magazine or if my brain is fried, just watch some show on TV or something like that and not have to talk to anybody. Yes, yes, yes. And another thing I found that's very, very helpful with the whole um, taking care of oneself or taking care of myself is consider what it is I want from other people. So like, you know, back when I wanted everyone to like me to be able to give myself what I thought I wanted and needed from others. Because if somebody would have asked me at that point, well, Tammy, do you like yourself? If I was going to be honest, I would say, oh my gosh, you know what? I don't. So what do I have to do 
to take care of myself in a way that I want others to reflect back to me. So if I want the world to be accepting and gentle with me, for instance, to ask myself, how can I be acceptable, you know, accepting and gentle with myself? What, what are those things? And, and again, some of those things have been just allowing myself to eat when I'm hungry, allowing myself to sleep when I'm tired. Like you mentioned, it's like to take care of the physical body, to take care of the vehicle that, you know, kind of is the, 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 the place our soul resides while we're on planet Earth, you know, to take care of this without judgment. Another thing is to just give up shooting on myself. I think it was Louise Hay that says, stop shooting on yourself. So when we're shooting and judging ourselves, it's probably not going to take us the direction we really want to be going. Yes. And one thing I, I want to say about this is I, I remember years ago, I, I picked up a magazine and it just said, you know, can we make sure you count those fruit juice calories. And it was a women's magazine. And I just thought, gosh, you know, another thing to worry about. And <laughs> a lot of times when I look at those women's magazines, it does seem... Like there's a lot of shoulds, just like you were talking about. Well, you've got to mm-hmm. eat right and you got to do your Pilates and you got to do your run and you got to meditate and you have to um, make sure your kids are eating organic food and maybe you have to go to five different stores in order to get all the things you want. And the list goes on and on and on. And, and when I look at men's magazines, what I find about them is they often have a sense of humor and sometimes in the most unlikely places, there was a men's magazine that used to have, it's called sartorial and it's just, well, what do I, you know, this is a weird wedding and what am I going to wear to it? And my girlfriend says this and my mom says this or, you know, whatever. And so the guy just managed to find a way to make this column about clothes hilarious. And they have funny articles and they don't take themselves as seriously. But with the women's magazines, it always seems to be self-improvement. How can you better yourself? And so we're getting, women are just getting it from all sides. And, and another example that I have is a friend of mine who's into horses. She's like, I, I need to, I'm spending all this money on horseback riding with my daughter and I, and I need to, um, find a way to have horses and not have to pay for lessons. And, and I'm, and I said to her, you know, okay, so maybe, you know, every once in a while you're spending $200 on horses for a weekend on rides or whatever for lessons. And there's guys who take their RV out and put $250 worth of gas in it in a weekend. And they don't think twice about it. Men don't think twice about that stuff. That's funny. You're right. Because, you know, my husband loves men's health. He calls it his Bible. And he sometimes reads articles. He thinks it's just the best thing ever. And he'll read things to me. And they, it is. It's very funny. And, and so what you're saying, you know, I'm hearing what you're saying. And what I'm taking from it is, you know, to be able to just have fun, to be able to laugh. You know, and this has been so liberating for me to be able to learn to laugh at myself. You know, there's no false mask anymore. <laughs> there's no attempting to contort. It's just I'm a dork. I'm klutzy. It's true. And I've, I've eventually gotten to this place where I think I've cultivated just a natural, easy affection for myself. You know, um, you know, I think it's important to love ourselves. That's what my book's all about. But even beyond that, there's just this comfort, like, 
I'm my own friend, you know, where in the past, I think in some ways I just hated myself and my body was my enemy and didn't like anything about myself. My thoughts about myself were very cruel. You know, I would never say the things out loud to someone else about someone else that I was saying to and about myself inside of my own head and my quiet moments. So, you know, it put me on this path when I started paying more attention to my inner speak and, um, decided to clean up that energy and make it more positive and more loving. And now it's gotten to the point where it's naturally evolved in this place of having great affection, being able to laugh at myself. I don't care if I'm wrong. I don't care if I'm a dork, you know, I mean, I'd like to go out in public looking, you know, clean and tidy, but for the most part, uh, I'm just me and I have fun with it. There's no more should, there's no more should. It's, it's, uh, right. You're not putting on an act for anybody. And right. And one of the things I loved in your book, manifesting love from the inside out was where there was an incident where every, a lot of things went wrong in this one day. And some of it was your fault and you're trying to get to the, um, airport and it could, it inconvenienced other people. It was like, you know, one of those days where nothing goes right. And and you had made a commitment to love yourself, so you kept forgiving yourself. And, you know, what could you do? You, you're, you weren't going to beat yourself up, and I'm just going to move on. I'm not going to think about it, and I'm just going to love myself and let it go. And I just thought that was such a great story because that's what we need to do. We need to learn to love ourselves again because we didn't learn it. So the only way you can do it is learn by doing, and you have to, so what? I screwed up. I'm human. Like you say, laugh at yourself. The other thing I want to say, if there's any ladies interested in you know, listening right now, I just want to say men tell. <laughs> I was living in a place that got that magazine and I thought it was fantastic. There's fantastic health information. Everything's really well researched. They did a, a thing on um, hospitals not cleaning out certain instruments and people getting horrible infections from it, Uh, you know, stuff you wouldn't, you wouldn't um, think that they would have in there, just really researched well and really written well, and then really funny stuff. And then these guys writing into this woman on dating advice, and she was fantastic. And it just helps you see what guys' minds think about. It helps me a lot. Is that right? Um, I didn't know you were a fan. That's so funny. I love that magazine. It's, <laughs> it's really a great magazine. And I have to say, the tone in that magazine is to make those men feel good, no matter to help them, and, but do it in a way that makes them feel good. Mm. And isn't that really what we all want? You know? Something you said really sparked something within me because, you know, I, I know for years, you know, I say it's important to be able to take responsibility and to apologize when we make mistakes. And we all do. We're imperfect beings. And there's no way around that. But I found myself, and I don't know if you can relate, Rosemary, where I would be like going, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's like that story in my book. I remember right. that day so well. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to be a burden. But what I ended up getting to Rather than being apologetic and ashamed, I eventually started cultivating compassion. So I could apologize, but then have compassion for the people that I was um, affecting in a way that wasn't all gumdrops and roses, but also have compassion for myself. 
so that I was just releasing the shame and just going, you know what? Sometimes being human hurts. Sometimes this journey is messy. Sometimes we have those Murphy Law days. I think everybody can relate. It's not always easy being human, but to be able to have compassion for ourselves and enjoy ourselves and forgive ourselves and just lighten up. <laughs> That's Absolutely. what makes it and if fun. You were, if you were driving somebody to the airport and they were, oh, I forgot this, I got to go back or, you know, what all those, all those cluster problems, then <laughs> You would have compassion, I, you know, at a certain point, you'd be like, geez, you need to get your stuff together. But you would have compassion for them and you would probably be laughing about it. You know, it's no big deal. That's true. And, that, and I found happens. that, you know, as I've cultivated um, more compassion for myself, I have greater authentic compassion for other people because it's hard to give others what we don't give to ourselves and what we can't mm. receive. So it's all this kind of spiraling up, you know, it's just it gets to the point where it starts to be a lot more fun. Oh, I love what you just said, because if you're at a distance with yourself and you are shaming yourself or criticizing yourself, then you're going to put other people at a distance. And if you really like, I remember somebody giving me a really nice compliment, you know, really from the heart. And I thought, I thought it took her a lot of guts to be able to speak like that. And I thought, I can't speak like that. And since then, I made an effort to be more honest and to point out really good things that I appreciate about people. Mm, I love and it that. opens their heart and opens your heart. And um, yeah, it made a big difference because before I was kind of closed down. There was like a shield to that. Oh, you don't mention those things. You just... You know, you, there was just kind of a barrier there. I love that. You become rainbows in other people's day. And that's something that mm. is my intention as well. So, Rosemary, this was the fastest half hour of my day so far. <laughs> Yay! Can you believe it? Our party's over. But you know what? I'm going to have you on next week. So, people that love Rosemary like I do, stay tuned. We're going to have her on again next week. My good friend, Rosemary Snaringer, I love you so much. And I love you, Brent Carey, for this forum called Empower Radio. And Nate, my lovely, lovely producer. And my listeners, my friends, write to me at TammyBPhD at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. Write to me on Facebook. I want to connect with you. Let's just keep spiraling upward together on this journey we call being human. God bless you. Take care. Bye for now. <laughs>